So can you hear this? Listen to this. There's nothing more humbling. <laughs> There's nothing more humbling than a squeaky chair. Eh? I'm dead serious. Like you, I couldn't down. hear it. Oh, you couldn't hear it. I I sit in this chair almost every day that we record, and it's like it's getting a little squeaky. <laughs> it's getting a little squeaky, right? And I'm just so. Like, what does that mean? You're putting I, on a couple lbs uh, right now. <laughs> I think I'm really testing the springs on this bad boy. This thing has never been sat in. I swear to God, I, I've had this chair for ten years, and maybe no more than that, fifteen years. And it's never been sat in. And if it's been sat in, probably I would be surprised if it was more than a dozen times before <laughs> we started doing this show. So anyway, I don't know. Squeaky bed, you feel like a champion. Squeaky chair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Squeaky chair, you're like, all right, I got to. It's time to go back to work. So normally I'm a headline reader and that's it. I will form a very strong opinion based on headlines, but I actually read a little bit of this article. Okay. Emphasis on a little bit. I got the information that was needed. University of Ottawa. Never heard of it, by the way. <laughs> University of Ottawa study urges Hockey Canada to raise age of body checking for kids. Care to guess what body checking age is in Canada? Do you know the age? Is it all the same? Canada? Well, it's US? 13. It's 13 in the United States. And I would think it would be 13 in Canada too. 13 in Canada. They want to now, raise when it. I When I grew up, when I grew up, I think the body checking age was 11. But they want to change it to 15. What do you think of that? I wouldn't have a problem with it at all. Number one, the game has changed tremendously. There is more body contact. There is more hitting, dangerous hitting at the age of 13 in hockey today than there is in the NHL. So the question is, why is there... I am not even joking when I say this. There's probably five five times more hits in 13U hockey in the United States and in Canada than the NHL, the best league in the world? And the answer is, why is that? Testosterone. Why do you think that is? Puberty, hormones. Well, you got one kid who's grown early, who is, you know, six feet tall, 170 pounds at 13 years old. Okay. Then you have another kid who's five feet tall and weighs 95 pounds. And what's going to happen? You got a big, clumsy, big, strong kid who is going to use the only asset he has because this bigger kid who is a very average or okay. below average hockey player um, throughout his like younger years now has something over everyone else and he is going to use it as a missile. Okay. Can and I I've you? seen it over and over and over and over and over again. Can I just 
just kind of jump in here and say that wouldn't that still be the same thing at 15, but only with a lot more aggression? No, no. And this is, this is for me, um, going through it with both boys, 13U hockey is the most dangerous hockey for every single player on the planet. It is a very, very dangerous time. You will have, I will guarantee you there's more concussions at 13 and 14U than there is any other age group. Because at 15, even the smaller kids, that kid that I said was five feet tall and weighed 95 pounds. Well, now that kid has hit puberty. Now that kid has grown. And let's just say he's grown, you know, three inches a year and he's now five, six and he weighs 125 pounds. He's still playing against the kid who is six feet tall, 170. Well, that, that kid is not at much bigger than what he was when he was 13. There's a danger where in youth hockey, there is such a wide range of puberty from 13 and 14. It is completely off the chart. Okay. So uh, I am not in a position to argue this. I'm not, I don't yeah. have a kid that plays. You've coached this age group multiple times. I, I'm not in a position to argue this. I don't remember uh what age body checking was when i was a kid it might have been 13 i can't remember you said 11 maybe it was 11 i, I don't honestly it know was, we were, it, it was 11 years old we were in minor peewee yeah i know but i know ages have shifted to like age groups i feel like i feel like in ontario i they did they moved peewee age down or up and midget age i i, I don't remember bantam i don't know what happened to bantam but my point is, is um, why not just move it even later? I, I've always kind of. Why been, not move what? Well, the, the body contact. On, let, me, let me rephrase that for a second. I've always thought, and I feel like there was an article a few years ago where Eric Lindros was trying to, I don't want to use the word lobby, but I guess encourage younger hitting hitting it like at eight, nine, 10, because, because kids aren't necessarily going as fast. They're not as big and strong. Even the biggest kids, there's not that much of a separator and it's not like open ice hitting. It's just like learning how to angle off at the boards and bump kids, take the puck away, things like that. But then, you know, you read this, I listen to you speak because I've never really taken any of this into consideration. And why not just move it later? Is there a risk for the players when they go off to major junior college, the AHL or NHL to, to just start hitting then? Andrew, it, it is about keeping children safe in a sport. Okay. Hockey is a very physical sport. It's always been known as a highly aggressive sport. There is no aggression in 10 and 11 year old hockey, but as kids start to hit puberty, which all kids have a very wide range of puberty. Okay. Some kids start when they're, you know, 12 years old or early, early 12 years old. 
And by the time they're 13 and ready for body contact, there's small little men that are growing facial hair. There's the other kid who will not and has not hit puberty and won't hit it until they're 15. There is a massive discrepancy in the size and the strength and the physical body of certain kids. So what you're doing is you're hurting the development of highly talented, skilled hockey players for a number of years. Okay. Now those highly skilled hockey players are always going to come out in the end, but they're going to go through multiple years of speed bump of slowdown of their development because they have to deal with the size factor, the, the aggression factor where you've got kids that ultimately are, are low end hockey players. Okay. Their entire lives. But then all of a sudden now have hit puberty, they skate faster, they shoot harder, and now they're allowed to use their body as a weapon. Those below average hockey players are now, they propel themselves into the upper echelon of the kids just due to one thing. And that's their, their, their physical attributes for me. 13U hockey, watching it, going through it with both of my kids, it is the most dangerous time of their lives. Now you say, well, there's they're a lot bigger when they're 15. They're a lot bigger and stronger when they're 16. But here's the difference. The playing field becomes a lot closer. A 15-year-old kid, 99% of kids have hit puberty. 99% of kids have now started to put muscle onto their frame. 99% of kids are starting to become young men. Okay. They're, they're becoming adults where they understand danger a lot more than what they did at 13. I saw so many kids get injured at 13. If I was a parent of a smaller player, I it's it's a nightmare for a number of years. At what point in time do you think as a fan you are obsessed with a team? Are you asking me at what point? Yeah. I I couldn't tell you because I've never like been at what point in so time do you obsessed with a team or a player? Well, Mario Lemieux, but that was when I was a kid. I think well, I think when you're throwing a when you're throwing a bumper sticker on the car, uh, you're driving around with the flags, apparel. You know, I mean, that's support. Yeah. Obsessed well, that's only that's Toronto Maple Leaf fans during the regular season. <laughs> obsessed with the with the team. I think obsessed with the team is I don't know going down watching every day a prospect tournament. I'm not judging. I love fans that are obsessed. That's that's how they get their fix. Good for them. I'm just saying. I, I don't know where you're going with this. Why do you ask? Well, let me let me have a side note here, talking about Toronto Maple Leaf fans for a second, because I hate all of you. Um, but I go in, and uh, my oldest son, who is 19, who's now a drinking age here in here in Ontario, and he uh, definitely has been utilizing that uh, that right. Uh, had a bit of a rager the other night. Um, yes, I was involved with all these 19 year old kids, but anyway, um, Frank the tank, 
Frank the Tank, uh, someone. <laughs> Were you wearing that PlayStation shirt, too? I'm sure that would have been a hit. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't even I, I don't even think I was wearing a shirt, like barely dressed. You know, it was awesome. But anyway, someone uh, broke the screen door uh, going out the, the lower level. And uh, so I have the conversation with my son because the place was a disaster. Like, I mean, epic disaster frat house like a frat house it was it was animal house you know that ping pong uh what is what is it uh beer pong uh red solo cups probably a thousand of them around my yard and inside the house there's a table right in the downstairs i couldn't open the door to get into the downstairs because it was broken puke. uh the screen door puke, puke everywhere uh, there was, uh, there, there was, um, a few, uh, people that weren't feeling well. Um, and, uh, so the door got broken, the screen door got broken. So, you know, after, you know, cause I have literally, I cannot handle, uh, a mess. I literally clean the entire thing, which is probably not the right thing to do because I should make him do it. Um, kids passed out on the sofa you're just dragging beer cans oh yeah oh yeah there's a kid right on the sofa he's i look i'm like he's like hey mr eBay. i'm like how are you feeling he's like oh not very good just i'm like up, hit the water at, bud get, hit, get in the water that'll up, that'll give you a little wake up up at 7 a.m up at 7 a.m loud dishes and garbage cleanup oh yeah it's it's just it's crazy hey, listen that, i don't want people driving that's I don't what want my dad people used driving to do after a night of bender after a night of, uh, of a bender at the cottage. He'd be up cleaning really early and make it miserable for everybody sleeping. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm rattling pans. I've got, you know, girls sleeping on the couch right and like, you know, off the kitchen. It's just like it's a frat house. But anyway, I'm happy that they stay safe and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, um, so I had the conversation with my older son. Listen, who who's paying for this screen? So I ask him, who's going to pay for the screen? He goes, I don't know. So what do you mean you don't know? I said, your party, your responsibility. He goes, well, I didn't walk into it. I didn't break it. I said, that's not how this works. So anyway, I said, you're paying for the screen. And now he's all up in arms. So I take the screen in and it's not a normal size screen. So I got to order and have them make me a screen, right? So I'm, I'm talking to this lady at the screen place and, uh, you know, get, I, I, she, she looks at the screen. <laughs> this is what she says to me. She goes, you either have a big dog or someone that was drunk. And I said, yeah, I was kind of like the latter. And she just started laughing. Didn't even go to and, the bear. Don't didn't even go to the potential of a bear attack. Bear attack, eh? Yeah, just, exactly. Right, just right. Big, or, big dog or drunk person. So, um, she she takes down my number, and as I'm saying my name, all of a sudden this guy starts whipping around the corner. He's like, "The hockey player. It's the hockey player." And I said, "Yep." And the lady looks at me, she goes, so where, where did you play? And I said, well, I played for the Montreal Canadians for 12 years. And she's like, oh, oh, my, my husband is the biggest Toronto Maple Leaf fan. And I, I literally just looked at her. I said, there is a reason why I didn't like you 
as soon as I walked in here, and now I know, now I perfectly know why. Why would she even say that? Exactly. Like who's you don't a- put Toronto Maple Leafs and Montreal Canadiens in the same boat, but they don't, they don't go together. So this lady very clearly does not understand that. I mean, I you would think every common Toronto sense, common all- sense would say that you would just respond to that with, uh, "Oh, my husband loves hockey." Yeah, she then she says to me, "Can you get me a signed picture?" And I just flat out said no. And she just looked at me like, "What?" I said, "Your your husband loves the Toronto Maple Leafs." I said, "Do you understand? You're asking me for a Montreal Canadiens signed picture, giving it to a Toronto Maple Leaf fan." I said, no, that's not going to happen. She's like, well, I'll give you a discount on the screen. I said, I'm not paying for the screen, so I don't need the discount. (laughs) All right, listen. Is this whole story (laughs) about a Leaf fan? Yes. That's it? Yes. Was there a point to all this, or do I need to pray that I can have that seven minutes of my life back? Yeah, um, I just went Andrew Peters on everyone and i apologize i went squirrel i don't even know how i got onto that co- topic you but just wanted um, to talk about my yourself point your, was this your cottage like, again yes craig we all know you have a cottage on the lake okay the original point was when do you know that you're obsessed with a team and i ask you is this obsessive every day i wake up i swear i i go you know you brush your teeth, you, you know, this, that, and the other. I go grab a coffee. I sit down. The very first thing I do every single solitary day is look to see if Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin have signed a contract. Before I go to bed, I'm looking for a late night announcement that Dahlin and Owen Power have signed extensions. Well. Is that I think, obsessive? I think you're just looking for content for the show. I don't think it's I don't obsessive. it's not even content. It's beyond content. Like, yes, we love to talk and have content and talk about the Sabres and talk about NHL and stuff that happens around the league. But I find I find it so obsessive right now in my mind that I'm like, why have these two players not been announced that they have signed? Because it's August. What, what does that mean? Fred, Do you think me, Rasmus Dahlin has agreed to a contract? Uh, I think the salary is set. I think the term is set. Maybe the structure is not. And, and what does that mean? It uh, means, you know, like, like signing bonus, signing uh, bonuses, to... you know, like. Is he going to get 17 million this year, 15 million next year? You know, he's going to have a 10 million AAV, but he gets like 50 million in the first three years or four years somehow of an eight year deal. So, okay. Maybe that part of it, but everyone knows that this franchise has a flair for the dramatic. You know, like, oh, Jack Eichel uh, signs his contract and named captain night before training camp opens. I mean, everyone knew the deal was done. Or they have one done and not the other, and they want to announce them both. Um, or they don't want to announce that they have one because the other one will leverage if the you're other. You're Asmus Dahlin, and you have your your deal signed, sealed, 
or actually not signed, sealed and delivered and ready to go, why would you not be flying across the Atlantic Ocean and getting that bloody contract signed? Well, maybe it's signed. Could be signed. I'm not saying it's sitting there agreed upon unsigned. I'm saying it's signed. It's just not announced. The team doesn't have to send it to into the league. I don't think they can hang on to it. Darlene, they probably have all signed it, and then they will submit it right before training camp or during training camp because they're going to want media around the team. They're going to want it's like it's it's all that's what it's all about. Because if you sign them now, everyone's. No one gives a shit. You sign him in September before the season. Oh, now there's the fans give a shit, Petey. Well, they'll, and, and they I know give that. a so shit. Guess what? So they're they're just building up the uh, suspense. You know, they're building up the suspense. They can't, and they're not going to let anybody else tell them that the deal's done. That's for damn sure. Yeah, leaking leaking rumors. I would that just the love nothing more. Like that I mean, like they don't they don't want that. They want it to come from them, not from some source. I don't like the wait. That's my problem. I'm going to tell you. You get well, those. They don't two give a shit about Craig Ravine. I know that. I, they want to. They want to get. They want to announce an eight-year deal before the season starts, so that everybody just goes and jams up the Sabres store with jersey orders. Or, you know, it's like you got your franchise strategically defensive. coming out. With Absolutely. Window. Absolutely. Don't get so stressed out about it because we've we've talked about it so much that we we know the ballpark figure, we know the term. Kevin Adams has said all the right things in his uh, press conferences. You know he wants to be here long term. Well, why does he know that? Because he's probably asked for an eight year deal, or they've agreed on an eight year that he wants an eight year term. Someone reports it's going to be in and around ten million. Well, fuck, thanks tips because uh, I certainly don't think it's going to be eight. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're telling me it could be 9.75 or 10.25? Holy shit, man. We're looking at an 80 to $82 million contract. And I'm excited to see how much he gets up front. He might get $20 million next year. $10 million bonus. $10 million salary. Hmm. Do you remember the Shea Weber uh, offer sheet? Didn't he get like 60 million bucks in the first four years or something? And I feel like Nashville had to go and take a loan out from the bank to pay him. If I'm not mistaken. I think Philadelphia gave him an offer sheet for like a hundred and something million dollars. 110 for yeah. 14 years it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was... It was like, what did you what did you just say? Uh, yeah. um, Are you looking up the structure of the contract? It was like tons of money at the start. I think he was. I think, and this was this was a while back when he signed that contract, right? It was like well over ten years ago. I think it was. Yeah, um, I think his contracts. I think it's done now. I think he's still playing. He's on Arizona's payroll. There you go. I think he signed it in like 2011, 2012. Okay. 
Yeah, so he's still going. He's still got a couple more years uh, on that bad boy. But I remember back at so, that yeah, time. So, look, so listen. He was making like $14 million or something. Yeah, $14 million, $13 million in signing bonuses for the first one, two, three, four years. So he made $14 million for the first four years. So he made $56 million in the first four years. Then he made twelve. He made a vast majority of that money. 16, 29, 42, $68 million in, in signing bonus money in the first one, two, three, four, five, six years of that contract. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> Damn. You know, it, Sorry, it, it, not well, it, it goes, it goes back to that, 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 thought process of you know why would you ever sign someone to the that length of deal knowing that he's probably never going to play it out well Crosby's one of few that have DiPietro got hosed he got hurt. Well, I guess uh, uh Ovechkin too had to a Russia. long one Crosby had 12 years I think at 104 million I'm I'm actually pleased that 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 has changed right now you you can only sign a an eight-year deal which i still think is really long maybe you're the wrong person to ask because typically you are only on one or two year deals but do you think that that hurts a player and his play because the security is there like it's not like football where they can be they can sign a contract and and you know unless you're getting guaranteed money you can be cut at any time in hockey every contract that you sign is guaranteed money i'm sure you sleep a little easier at night when you're going through a tough stretch that's for sure do you train the same why does everybody why do all of these players every single player have career years when it's when your contract is is up why is that because there's a a fear the way you train in the summertime uh, the way you do things hey i had a goal and an assist going into my ufa year so yeah that was a i was actually that was a career year did you break the bank or what (laughs) got a two-year deal one way good for you take a one way do you think players become complacent when they're playing on long? Of course, deals? I mean, with the you look at, of course, some do, some do, of course, some do, but then you have guys like Crosby and Malkin and Ovechkin, um, McDavid, McKinnon. Okay, you guys, just named literally. That's what I'm like saying. Iconic those, hockey players. Well, that's that what I'm saying. Only those have players, one level. Yeah, but those players, it's not just about money to them. It's yes, about that's right. It's about a legacy. Absolutely. So then there are some players that are just kind of like, like, for instance, I'll, I'll, I don't know this player at all. Okay. I, I've never met this player. I've heard wonderful things about him as a guy, James Van Riemsdyk, because I would say that he's a guy that has severely underachieved. Does a guy like that, has he been just complacent? Does, has he just not given a shit or does he feel the pressure too much? I mean, I can only speculate, 
but I just use him as an example because he's a guy that I think about signed a contract that just has not lived up to expectations, and he's bounced around a lot. Well, he's had some really good years, but they seem to be what I'm what I'm saying is those years seem to be very up and down. And my thing is, I don't think a player like him, James Van Riemsdyk, has scored a lot of of goals in this game. And if he was on one or two year deals, I don't think I think his level of play would be a lot higher. That's what I'm saying. Yes, I agree with you. Because I do think he's he's you know James Van Riemsdyk is is a good hockey player. Can't say that he's not, right? Um, I just I ask myself, you know, when 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 teams are, you know, putting long term structures together, long term contracts for young players, is there complacency? in their mindset once they go and sign these these contracts. Do you have Van Riemsdyk's uh contract in front of you? Or sorry, stats stats in front of you? I don't. Okay. I'm just curious to know what he did in 1718 if he had a big year. Yeah, he did. That was a contract year for him. You know well, who's uh, he playing for now? Boston okay. picked him up. So he's on a he's on a one year deal for a million bucks. He's 34. I mean, uh, it'll be very interesting to see what he does on that contract and how much he cares on a million-dollar contract when he's already made so much money. Sorry if I'm painting him with that brush. I'm just I'm using him as as an example because I, I he's a guy that I feel has never hasn't lived up to the contract year after year. Well, that's so, the thing. When he signed that long-term deal with Philadelphia, I'm not sure if it was an unrestricted free agent contract. Uh, it very well could have been. I think it was, but he came out. He played for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and in eighty-one games, he had thirty-six goals that year, uh, and fifty-four points. Okay, contract year, contract year. That's what I'm saying. In the biggest year, biggest year of his life, his unrestricted free agent contract year, he ends up scoring thirty-six goals. Now, here's his goal totals up to that point. 15, 21, 11, 18. He scored a 30-goal year, a 27-goal year, a 29-goal year. Well, the four, then, hold on. He had 14 and 40. That's a 28 to 30-goal season right there. Yep. But in his in he scored 36 goals in his year before he signs a contract. Then he went 27, 19, 17, 24, and 12. COVID season in there, maybe some injuries in there. Never got close. Yeah. He hit it uh, the year before his contract, right? No, it was the right time. <laughs> hit, it, hit it at the right time. That's right. All right, you had some Connor McDavid news you wanted to talk about. Connor McDavid, uh, his agent is now the new CEO of Hockey Ops for the Edmonton Oilers. So how does that work out? Does he still get commish on uh, McDavid's contract or has McDavid paid that out in full? There has to be something where McDavid might have had to pay him out or you can't be working for the team and getting commission from the star player, can you? Might be a bit, I don't of, know, a, but it's, bit of a conflict of interest there, uh, if you ask me. Well, you had a great take on this. I mean, is this, so are you trying to say, oh, is this the point I made when I said, 
is this enough to make him stay in a few years? Exactly. Guilt him into staying? Exactly. This guy gets you $100 million over eight years, American, in Canada, and you're telling me you're going to walk away from him? What an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's the whole point here. Is this something, does this help the Edmonton Oilers in re-signing Connor McDavid? Or can you see Connor McDavid basically saying, I've given everything that I could. I need something different. You know what the you know what's going to be the biggest topic of this time next year? It'll be the number one topic in the Austin NHL. Matthews. Negative. That's that's now. That's happening now. Austin Matthews most likely will have a deal before they start the season. Okay. But Leon Dreisidel. Oh. At the age of 27, who makes eight and a half million dollars, who's been absolutely grossly, grossly underpaid for many, many years in that contract, he's got two more years at eight five. And you tell me right now, at the end of next year, if he scores another 50 goal season and it has 115 points, we'll just put him at that. What is his contract going to look like? Well, Austin Matthews is going to be way overpaid, way overpaid. He's overpaid now. Austin pa- Austin Matthews is ha- is overpaid right now. I would take Drysaddle over Matthews. Well, look at the last five times. years of Drysaddle. Just on, listen to on. this: a hundred times out of a hundred. So whatever Austin Matthews gets this year, guaranteed Drysaddle will sign an extension for to be the highest paid player in the league. Austin Matthews should not make more than Nate McKinnon. Okay, and. That's twelve point six million. So if Matthews gets somewhere in thirteen million range, that's a joke. Drysaddle is going to get fifth thirteen five. Here's here's Drysaddle's last five years: one hundred and five points, fifty goals; one hundred and ten points, forty three goals, and missed eleven games. The next year, he had thirty one goals, eighty four points in fifty six games. Then he had 55 goals, 110 points. And then last year he had 52 goals, 128 points. He's going to make $15 million a year. But the problem is, can you make, can you have two of those players on the same team? No, that's the problem. That is the problem. That's the problem. So the cap isn't going to be able to handle where these star players are going. You're not going to be able to win. You're going to have too much money tied up in two, three players. It's not basketball. It's not basketball where you can pay, you know, four players a over half the cap and then just have a bunch of guys making, you know, they still make good money in basketball, three, four, five million bucks for the bench players. But it's like the guys on the court are making 25, 30 million bucks each. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle. And at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.